attention, attention please. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is on the air. Welcome to the Cap Ojibwa History Podcast. My name is Christopher Thomason. I'm your host for this and many, many more trips down memory lane. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is a podcast dedicated to collecting the stories, the history, the memories of Camp Ojibwa for Boys in Eagle River, Wisconsin, founded 1928. Today's guests on the podcast, my BPS Roundtable, Stu Nitzkin, Darren J. Annixter, John Goody Goodman, Billy Schwartz, sitting around a table talking about the BPS Men's Basketball League. You guys are heading up. If you listen to Monday's show, you already heard Hayden. You heard his side of the story. Now here's the, here's the other side. Dropping this on Wednesday morning for the early guys going up to the BPS. Most of the guys will be coming up on Thursday. Download it. Listen on the way up. You're going to get fired up for the trip. And if you're not involved in BPS, listen to this episode and you're going to want to be from here on out. We have a lot of fun. We talk about what BPS is, what it means, uh, and then we just get into some total shenanigans. So sit back, relax, and turn your stereo up. BPS Roundtable, right here on the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. you guys together today. First of all, please introduce yourself. Uh, Bill Schwartz. Stu Nitzkin. Darren J. Annixter. And I'm your host, uh, Chris Thomason. I wanted to bring you guys together today because we have an important event coming up at camp. Uh, that is the BPS. And I wanted to do a little podcast to not only talk about what it is and where it came from, why it's important, but also some of the finer aspects and fire the guys up a little bit. So that's why we're here. Uh, so first and foremost, let's talk about, now we've touched on this a little bit before in individual shows, but for anyone who maybe didn't listen to those, let's talk about the roots of the BPS. Where did it come from? I'll take this one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I have been on and off for the last 20 years been running men's basketball leagues. And my original league was a Wednesday night game uh, with our group of friends. And David Rosen, whenever he was in town, had an immunity spot. So he was automatically in the game. And after the game, there would be a little hang and guys would have beers and whatnot. And David said, why don't you do uh, like an anniversary tournament at camp? And I said, great idea, I'm in. So it was, it was for the five-year anniversary that we were starting the men's trip. And I already had like 50 guys signed up. And then in January, Brian Schwartz, who was my assistant commissioner and a very close friend, passed away while we were playing. 
So the trip just automatically became in Brian's honor. And because Schwartzy was just the greatest guy ever, it has stuck to honor him and, and kind of keep his memory alive for all these guys that were so close to him. So it's now in honor of Brian Schwartz, but truthfully, it was for me originally. I see. And so BPS means Brian P. Schwartz, and that's, the as you said, the first trip is named after him. Now, I never, I didn't know Brian, but uh, all you guys here certainly did. Give me, tell me a little bit about the guy. Darren, why don't you take that one also? <laughs> I'll take this one. So Brian was a big, strong guy, a great athlete but a gentle giant, whereas he was a big hugger, a very affectionate guy, a great guy to, to you know, pour your heart out to if things weren't going right for you, um, a very welcoming person in the league to anyone new that would join the league, and just, uh, just an incre- a guy with tremendous character and an incredible friend, too. Just uh, I mean, truly, to this day, I haven't met a better person than him. He was like the perfect guy. He married his high school sweetheart, who he dated from freshman year of high school all the way through you know, his marriage. Um, incredible person. And he only went to camp as a counselor because that's right around when he became close with David Rosen. But uh, he fell in love with Ojibwa, and since then his son Blake has gone and won college week like nine times. And <laughs> he, he's very much an Ojibwa man, was a, was a great Ojibwa counselor and a, a very close friend. Awesome. And I would add to that that, um, you know, even though he didn't go to camp as a camper and he was just there as a counselor, it was like, his first year as a counselor, it was like he had been there forever. I mean, he fit right in, and as Darren said, the most welcoming guy that that you could ever imagine. You know, I the first time I met him, it was like he was your best friend. That's how he was with everybody. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, you guys said it all. He was a he was a counselor when he was a counselor. I was a young camper, and. So I didn't know him that well, and the story I tell is when I moved up to the suburbs, which was like maybe a, a year and a half before the first trip, and um, I didn't. Darren called me up and was like, "Do you want to play in this game?" And I was like, "Sure." And I didn't really know who would be there or what was going on, and uh, <laughs> and um, Darren called. Darren's like, "You're in the league. Go ahead." So I come to the league, and the first guy I see is Schwartzy. And he runs right up to me, gives me a bear hug. How are you? What's going on? Where do you live? How many kids do you have? He, he like, got into this whole thing, like, just, like, he knew me really well. And it was, it was amazing. He immediately made me feel welcome. Um, I, I don't want to interfere. You guys can sit in. What is it going to be part of this? We're recording a podcast. Are we recording right now live? For the yeah. BPS? Please. Well, as well. Goody is uh, he's an undefeated softball captain, 6-0 lifetime as a captain. I'm pulling a Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> usually I should be, I said I usually should be from, it should be softball to golf to camp shopper. Oh. I'm going the reverse way. Classic. And, and uh Going, should I be talking in this? Or am I just yeah, you're perfect. Exactly like that. I should be. But uh, you know what? I feel at 44, best shape of my life. I got Darren as a best friend who drove me up a wall for, for every... And I appreciate that out of you. Thanks. And, <laughs> you know, I do. 
and I'm happy to be uh, part of the hoop division. Uh, special okay. guest, please introduce yourself special before we go any further. Yeah. Yes. Well, most people would probably know me by Goody. My mom's the only one that calls me John. So fair enough. Team Goody for Team life. Team Goody for life. Team Goody. Um, Goody, we were talking about uh, Brian Schwartz and what kind of guy he was right before he got here. That was the question. He was very close to Schwartzy and Great. lived in the same neighborhood I, too. We actually, I got closer to Schwartzy in, uh later on when our when actually Zach and and, and uh, Blake became really good friends. Sure, so that's when the bond came, and we we did a lot of hanging out. Um, bef- uh, after they were born and stuff, when they were in the same schools and stuff like that. So I got to really know Brian, and, and it's the same rap. That's who he was, just a great guy that you could talk to anything about. You could bear hug. You could put a smile on your face always. And, and to me, you know, that's just, you can't beat that out of a friend. You could trust him with anything, and trust is an important thing to me. And Brian was as, is as good as a guy that you can go to for anything and, and you know I always every time I see Blake I think of uh, Brian every time I see Cheryl I think of Brian every time I you know see M, M I think of Brian and, uh, in general with the kids and stuff like that I mean I just he's missed I miss him really a lot and, and he was he meant a lot to me and I'm so happy that we found a way to really you know keep him alive by this and, and I, I mean I give Darren every all the credit in the world the guys and, Thanks, and, Goody. And it's true. I mean, it's not about me though. No, it is about the truth. It is about you know. It's sure. Not about him. <laughs> sure. It is about. Him. Well, as much as he says he doesn't want it to be about him, it is about him. And you know what? Okay. We are going to give him something. Billions do. If you guys could talk about me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, put the hundred dollar bills away, please. Hello. Right. This is so awkward. No, I mean I had to give Darren a little because it is. And thanks to him, he's 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 put together. I mean, he's like. If this was a public company, <laughs> we wouldn't buy the stock. You know, it's and then it plummeted a little when Hayden took over, but it's making a little rise because <laughs> of the rumor that Darren might be taking a hostile takeover in 10. So hey, the stock is rising. Hey, Hayden will be here in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's Hayden, in, you know I love you. Yeah. Team Goody, Hayden, too. Uh, good. What's <laughs> incredible is that... What's incredible is that Goody just described, you know, every person that you ask about Brian Schwartz is so, Goody was not here at the beginning of this interview. Right. And he did not hear what Darren said or what Stu said and what I said about Brian. And then he sat down and said the same exact things, big bear hug kind of a guy. And all the qualities that he just mentioned, as you said, are continuing now because of Darren and what Darren's built. And that's really what BPS is, is about. Um, yeah, I didn't, I never obviously got to meet Brian, but, um, I met, I know Blake, Blake was my camper. And if that's any side of things, that's incredible. But, you know, we've all been to these random jerk off memorial, whatever's that, and you, some it's named after some guy and they might've been an asshole. You don't really know the story or whatever. And this is one of those times where it's like, no, this guy is actually pretty incredible. He's worthy, of, worthy of having it. his initials in front of the event. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to say though, that there was a predecessor event to the BPS that um, this, the BPS was originally supposed to be the, the Darren's league, the basketball. Sure. But the predecessor that um, to, to this event was kind of a, an adult collegiate week event that we had probably how many years before BPS? Do you remember Darren? Yeah, 
long time. Was it? Before. It probably was was done about ten years. Ten before years we, before, I, but I I was I was still in college. Okay, but I mention it because when we did that, we had maybe fifty or sixty guys at the very peak of of that event, and that was purely in, you know we had. It was like an adult collegiate week. We had four teams. We played everything like we did in collegiate week. Um, we had an obstacle course. We, we did all yeah, that. It was great. It was and exhausting. it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was exhausting. It was a lot of fun. But it couldn't sustain. Yeah. Um, and that's because there was no leader like Darren who was making sure that it continued on and that guys were recruited and continued to recruit gotcha. year-long and when, when he first brought it back, you know, we were all super excited because the Collegiate Week event was, it was so much fun and it was such a great time and it was such a good event. But we were all kind of like, how are we going to keep it going? And after the first year, it was no question. Darren, you know, made sure that it would not, you know, die again. Nice. Yeah. So the early pieces are the, the Champ Camp and the Adult Collegiate Week. Those are parts of it. And, and then the Men's League is going great and you're like well let's let's put the pieces together and do it at camp and make yeah. it a camp thing so as you as now it becomes the camp trip the the men's trip to camp becomes sort of a second a separate piece from the league here even though it's a lot of the same guys how do you two become the founding people of, of establishing the trip and running the trip as it goes well let me just say i i don't consider myself a founder darren is the founder Darren recruited me to help him. Thanks, Billy. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he recruited everybody else to go up for this. He recruited me to go up as well, and it was an easy sell. But you like the Pippin. I was <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I pre- that's a compliment. I appreciate that. Um, but Darren just thought it would be, and really, the first year I played, um, right the first on. couple of years I played. Um, uh, but it would, he thought it might be helpful to have someone else up there. The, to... the problem for me that I noticed the first year was I was trying to organize all the events and I was also playing in basketball and it was just too much. I was, sure. it was, I wasn't having fun. It was just pure stress for me. So, and I knew Billy is the greatest program director of all time for real camp. No offense, Denny. And so I knew Billy would be great at it, so I kind of approached him about, you know, becoming the trip program director, and, and he was all in. And then, it, and then the trip really took off and become, became much more organized and efficient. I got you. So the first year was really a lot of trial and error. It was really sort of feeling out how it's going to go. And now both you guys are there, Stu and, and Goody, both there the first year yeah, as well. I played hoops. Yeah, year, you did. Right? did. Now, yeah. first year, is it just hoops, or did you also have... Only hoops. Only yeah. hoops first yeah. year. right. And, and there was a lot of hoops. There was, there was yeah. The, the, the format was a little different. The format was different. We learned to pare it down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is where the, the the talk comes from. You know, right. guys come up and break an ankle the first day because they played 75 basketball games totally. all of a sudden and haven't played all year. I think people couldn't go to work for a week. Before <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. So moving in, then into year two, now there's a little more logistical situation, and it's starting to grow as well, right? As so far as the number the, of guys? The first one, there were 63 guys. There were 54 basketball players, and then the other nine guys were like my dad, some sure. other dads, um, and then some guys that had gotten hurt before the trip, like Stu, that still came and wound up just supervising a court. Nice. So it was strictly a basketball trip, and then the demand was so high, and some of my friends were starting to get older and not play basketball, that for the next one, which might I add was not the year after, 
There was a bar mitzvah at camp. Oh, of course. The, the, the infamous Max Roskin bar yes. mitzvah. Yes. yes. So there was no trip, so was no the, trip. the following year. And then the so two years later, I, I started a softball division just to get more guys involved in the trip and for those that didn't want to play basketball so they at least had a point to be up there. Right. And uh, it kind of just took it, just started to really grow from there because then you added another 25 guys and all of a sudden the second year there were 83 people. Nice. And then it never saw under triple digits again. <laughs> <laughs> and so nowadays, um, what are what's involved? What sports are involved with the BPS? What what do you come up there for? <laughs> well, I'll always be in the basketball, unless I have a surgery too close to the trip. But um, there is now the softball. Still, there is a golf division. Which is which is great, and those guys have a great time. They don't play at camp, but they're wild, and they they really get into the trip. And this year, for the first time ever, there's going to be a tennis division too. Wow, tennis doubles. Nice. Yeah, which will be great. Yes, and <coughs> right. softball. So all those continue, and there there has always been a contingent of just some guys who just come up and, and are part of it, and maybe they're not playing or whatever, but that they've been welcomed as part of the crew so, as well. Uh, people love the stats, like. So we have guys that supervise the courts, and what they really do is just keep stats of the games. And then nice. Stu compiles them after the trip, and we send them out to everyone. Nice. As well as having Simon and his team come up and video the trip. And Absolutely. Everything do- is documented. It's fantastic. Good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so that's what the trip looks like. So now, um, for the people at home who have not ever been, walk us through what, what the trip's like from arrival to leaving. Well, it's it's changed for me a little bit because now I go up early and get it ready. There's a lot involved with getting it ready. Sure. Essentially, you're getting camp ready before pre-camp. So there's everything we used to do in pre-camp. Now I we do ahead of time. Right. We get the courts ready. We well, we got we have the buildings. Everything in the cabins have to be scrubbed and cleaned, and everything has to be put in there. Um, you know, we have a whole separate menu that's been tweaked over the years right. for the BPS. Um, you know, just getting everything together, getting the fields lined and getting all the equipment together and all that good stuff. Schedules sure. posted and <clears throat> things like that. But what we when I when I wasn't going up early to do it, we used to I used to go to Darren's house early and we used to have the camera crew there and we used to film us leaving. <laughs> <laughs> those were some of the best. Uh, and, classics. Those are classics. Yeah. Uh, mom in there wasn't there something I, really I, special yeah. in that. I will. I will tell you that I drove. I probably drove up six, seven years with Darren, and on the five-hour drive, I think we just talked like maybe for a combined total of one hour and seven years because <laughs> we all we're just constantly talking to people on the trip. They're, nice. We're still talking about the draft. We're talking about when are you getting there. There's been a couple years where. There's been some guys that were under the gun to get there and were missing flights and flights were delayed and wow. there was a lot of panic. Yeah, there have been guys that haven't shown because the flights have been canceled, Derek Urban. <laughs> remember, remember, remember Corey Isaacson coming at like one in the morning one year? It was yeah, there was so the whole ride up, which is like a whole different part of the trip, which right. is which was always amazing for me. Well, that was part of it too. And Chris, may, and I hate to take a step backwards, and there's so much that leads up to oh, getting up there that you know we should probably talk a little bit about the recruiting that, oh, that goes on. Please do absolutely. Um, because 
and and Darren could probably speak best to this at how he hounded people to um, play in certain divisions or just come up and play at all. There is a um, complete hound involved. There's, I mean, there's it's, those triple digits are earned, right? right. It's even it's even deeper than that. If Darren gets wind of a guy that is a good basketball player that wants to come on the trip, but maybe he's hurt, he's a little lazier as an attitude, he'll have a quote-unquote intervention with the person. <laughs> and he'll, we, he'll be very aggressive. Sure. He'll do like an aggressive interview. And then if he's satisfied, they can come on the trip. So, wow. Yeah, I agree. Hayden's just kind of opened it up. Darren's no, <laughs> <laughs> got a little more. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's, um, that's a really important point that um, – Darren was very selective about, and, and Goody, you, you raise a great point because I am slightly worried about the openness of the number of people and mm. rookies that are coming up this year. Um, Darren was very, very selective about the people who would be allowed to come up on this trip. This is an invite-only trip, sure, um, which is a very important factor. The chemistry of the people that are up there was the most important thing to Darren and the rest of us, frankly, that you had to have guys who were going to be able to hang together because that's the most important part of the trip, and that's what reflected the most about Schwartzy, that it was all about the hang, and it was all about you could battle on the court, but off the court, you know, it was, it was going to be a great time. And so it was super important to make sure we didn't have an asshole in the mix who was going to, you know, make the trip uncomfortable right. for somebody or, or right. multiple there people. especially in yeah. real life that hate me because I've never included them on which the trip. Is okay. Which, which I, is okay. Which is okay. I can live with it. It, it yeah. was right. very important in the early years, especially when there were the numbers were lower. Oh, sure, of course. Yeah, you have one jerk, and it throws right. it all off. Right. right. But Darren did have, sense. he always had an unwritten rule. If you were an Ojibwa guy and you called him up and asked, he, would not, he wasn't going to say no. He might put you through the ringer a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where have you been? You know, I heard you're, <laughs> Why you're, weren't you here already? I heard you're not playing regularly. Sure, right. Okay. May, I'll put you on the alternate list. Like, he put you through the ringer, but he would never say no. Gotcha. And I think it's really important not to forget the big picture of why we're there for Schwartzy. I mean, it's when, you know, and I think Darren does a, a good job of, you know, letting people know, hey, this is, again, for Schwartzy. Like, even if you didn't know him, we want to, we don't want to forget where we, you know, you know, what this is about in the big picture of we are here for Schwartzy to honor him. Yeah, we're here to play basketball. We're due to that. But we need to, you know, make sure Schwartzy gets the, yeah, you and, know. And it is Schwartzy, but it's also now become, you know, some other people that we've lost, like Dizzy Nitzkin. Absolutely. Who was great for the trip. There's an award in his honor. Solid guy. Um not a, a guy who's still alive but can't go anymore because of physical reasons. David Fleischer, you know, was a huge member of the trip, and he still gets the emails and loves it, but he just physically can't make it. But to me, it's just honoring this giant group, too. Honoring yeah. people that are exactly, that have passed away or that are just fighting, right. you know, for life and stuff like that. And I think it's a it's great for to have the BPS, but to also honor those other people, to have a place to honor them and keep their name going and stuff like that's really cool. So, Absolutely. And, yeah. and honestly, the reason we're here today is because I feel like that's as much a piece of camp history as anything else. That the, Because it, ha- it happens at camp, but it's also so heavily influenced by camp. And the philosophies, a lot of the philosophies that are going on there are a lot of the philosophies that we preach at camp. They're all the same. And so I think it's a huge sign of respect that you guys have the space, but you don't come in there and, like, you know, you're still treating it like it's camp 
and respecting it like it's king. and protecting what it's what it stands for. Exactly. And that's really what what Darren has done with the yeah. the invite only. And I'll take it a step further, which was not only did he want to protect the culture and everything else, but he wanted to protect the quality of the game. So it went even deeper where Darren would look and say, "Okay, how many guys who are playing basketball are you know, are going to be rebounder kind of guys? How many guys are going to be, how many lefties are there? How many right? I mean, this guy That's fair. drilled down so far to make the competition as fair as possible. And there would be guys on the alternate list who you think these guys are great players and would have been good. But Darren said, you know what? I don't think the mix is right. And maybe they can get in if somebody gets hurt, but it's better if they're an alternate even if they were really good hoopers or whatever, sure. Darren protected the quality of the game also, which is another reason why it's lasted as long as it has. And so, and the same thing for, you know, for softball and golf, he wanted to make sure that there were quality guys who were, you know, going to play. It, it even went to the point where once I started breaking in the non-Jews, um, <laughs> I wanted to have enough, sure. to have a lot of good non-Jews together. Of course. So they could Don't be in all. cabin one together. <laughs> I was going to say one of the cool things about the trip now is that it's brought so many guys back into the fold, so many camp yeah. guys back in the fold. I mean, in the, in the days ago, it was, you know, once you were done being a counselor, you might not have been involved with camp again until you had a family, maybe. Yeah. You know, if you didn't have a boy, maybe not. Now we're getting every generation back in the mix. They, they, this is their chance to come back up to camp, whether they have no kids or girls. Yeah, know, that's and, a great and, call. And it's, uh, it's helped bring people back in earlier. It's helped get people to family camp. It's helped get people to father and son. And Yeah, it, for sure. It's, you know, people, get back, people come back for this trip, and they're like, this place is still amazing. Okay, this is good enough for my kid. Yeah, know? yeah, because once you're right, once you leave, maybe you'll come to post camp. But right. maybe. you know, play for single and you don't have a family, and you probably aren't going to just come hang out at post camp by yourself or whatever. Right. So this is a great way to do that. Could be, I, a, could be a 15 year hiatus between times you're back at camp. But this trip has bridged that gap. I have a, a little different perspective on it. It's it's a unique perspective. Is that and this kind of applies to a guy like you, Chris. Is that I, I what I love the most are the guys on the trip that have grown to love camp that never went to camp because mm-hmm. it's not their fault. Their parents didn't send them to Ojibwa or sure. they didn't know about Ojibwa. So there are there are guys. There's a guy Ed Murphy who's a 55 year old Irishman. He loves Ojibwa now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just doesn't yeah. go hand um, in hand. <laughs> Billy Douglas. Um, he he grew up in the Oakland Raiders locker room, wow. and uh, now he's he's an Ojibwa guy. That's like, awesome. And so I and I love like on the trip now there are captains that have been captains for years that never went to Ojibwa, but people associate them with Ojibwa, and they <laughs> they consider they feel like they went to Ojibwa, and all their kids go now, and it's just it, I love that part of it, that dynamic. The nation grows. Right. Yeah. The so, nation grows. So to go back to the planning part of this, which I think is important to talk about too, not only was Darren recruiting, you know, during the, the off, what I'll call the off season, sure. um, but there was a lot of planning that went into it. So uh, t- t- talking about the, um, the format of the basketball division, every year um, we would meet, you know, in October, at Little Louie's, usually it would start. And we would have a discussion about what should the format be? Should it be changed? Should anything be modified from the year before? Um, and then we would have a discussion about the rules. 
what kind of rules should we be instituting this year that might make it better or, or not. Um, and, then, and then we would have committees set up that really just gave their opinions, but it didn't matter because really ultimately it was going to be Darren's decision. <laughs> sure. But we had to make them feel like they were involved. Um, and every once a in a while, I did listen like to Billy. Business. I did listen to Billy, though. <laughs> Donnie Brasco. You know, uh, there, there was only one other the, voice. The leader of the Ma Ojibwa Ma. <laughs> uh, and so, and that happened for every division. So we talked about basketball, and we talked about softball, and, and golf a little bit. And mostly, we left the golf to the golf guys. But they had their own planning meetings as well. And so, all this planning goes on for you know the nine-month period before we come up to camp for this event um, there are there are meetings there are discussions there are dinners there are now there are board meetings that that Hayden has which um, I think have been helpful for him and there have been sit-downs sure. um, a legendary private, legendary oh, email list sit-downs yeah. about Hayden sit-downs about the sit-downs yes um, and so all that if you know, when you ask about you know what goes into leading up to the event and, and how does the event start? Before the event starts, you really got to think about all those things that go in. And you're talking about hours and hours and hours of time, not to mention all of the recruiting that Darren did. And that was so much that at, at one point, and this was a year ago, Darren said, it's affecting my business. Um, I don't have time to do this and run a business at the same time. The blogging is outstanding oh, yeah. of each name that went by. I mean, it, it was, Darren to me, was how that, great point. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that is just unbelievable. The whole thing he would come up for each guy. Take me possibly a month to get through one guy, if that thing. But it was just <laughs> an amazing press release. Uh, press release. Nice. just yes. outstanding. <laughs> I, I, I want to say this, though. I do want to give Hayden credit, though, because he did come in. I mean, he'll never be Darren. Nobody will ever be Darren. But I think he's done a really good job with the pressure on him to, to do this. He's trying to run a business himself and start up. So I think Hayden, I mean, I, you know, kind of was kidding around when I came at him. But I want to say that he's done a really nice job. And I let him know that all the time. He has. The he numbers has. are great. Yeah. And there are so many guys that he's brought to this that I didn't know that I now consider to be good friends mm -hmm. in just a year or two. So, yeah, he's got his own pack of his guys that he's bringing in. Absolutely. So he's going to get some serious ball breaking for sure, but at the same time, let's make well, sure he knows that. stepping into unfillable shoes and had to carry a torch. Yeah, you know? Nobody sure. wants that. So you got to have balls to say, I'm in, I'll take it over, and I'll, I'll help Darren out, and I'll do it, because nobody wants to go after him. Yeah. It's, like, it's like after Jordan retires. It's like, <laughs> who, who wants to step in there? Pete Myers. <laughs> <laughs> so Thanks, not, guys. A, not so, unlike camp, the planning for this also goes on your Chris, back. I'm loving this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back! <laughs> oh, if you have anything you'd like to officially announce right here on the Capital Jibble History Podcast, feel free. It's a very slippery slope. <laughs> so the planning goes on all year long, but now right. let's get to the actual event. What day do you go up? If I'm, if I'm the average Joe who's coming up to play, when do I come up? June 9th. June Thursday. 9th. That's Thursday. Yeah. I wake up in the morning, pack my ba my bags are packed. I'm leaving at like 6 a.m. You have to be there by like 5 o'clock, I think is how we usually set it. you got to be there at 5. Everyone's got to be there for introductions and dinner. Okay. That's the question. So what's day one look like? Arrival? So everybody comes in. Most of the time, people are there between 4 and 5 o'clock. 
they're milling around the campus, kind of saying hello to everybody, kind of catching up uh, on the campus, playing a little catch. Then um, we announce that everybody comes out to the camp campfire site for the introductions. Um, and then at the introductions, everybody, uh, first Denny usually gives an opening speech, um, welcoming everybody, talking about the values that camp stands for, um, a little bit about the event, and then he kind of turns it over to Darren or whoever is running it um, to also make a speech. Um, and then uh, do we talk about Schwartzy first and then did the intros? Is that typically how we did it? There's a, like a special speaker right. that will say some nice things about Brian. Mm. It was David Fleischer for years last year. Bobby Shulman did it. Who's doing it this year? Do we know? Or is that a It's surprise? probably going to be Shu again. Uh, and then each guy who is attending the event stands up and introduces themselves. Um, it's five, five seconds to ten seconds introduction just so everybody can put a face to a name and sure. meet the people they've, they've never met before. There's been some interesting ones. <laughs> there have been a few interesting uh, We should talk about that. Please. Your brother, one of them? I'll let you have that one. <laughs> Greg Gilbert had one a couple years ago. There's been some interesting ones. Yeah. There's been some discussion about people's sisters mm, and yes. um, <laughs> certain. It's, it's, it is an incestual oh, group God. in terms of like, there's a lot of Ojibwe guys whose who other Ojibwe guys are married to their sisters and that kind sure. of thing. A lot of, a lot of relatives amongst. amongst this crew. Sure. Right. Is, uh, you mentioned Denny does a little spiel ahead of time. And I can say, because he and I have talked about this a ton of times, he is uh, so proud of what this is and loves it so much. And I mean, and maybe at some point it was like, this is great. It'll just bring some people to camp. Or it's Denny was great. very close but, to Brian Schwartz. Yeah. He so. is so, so proud of this and, and the work you've done. And so I can definitely say that that's true. He and and I it. will say I'm proud of Denny for, at the beginning, he was very involved. He was very involved in every decision that got made. Um, but slowly he's seen how Darren was capable of running this trip and turning it into what it's become. And he has slowly removed himself from, you know, the, the process. Um, and it's carried on, you know, even better than before. And yeah. so it's, it probably was a hard thing for Denny to do to step back and, and let Darren just run with it um, and stew. And, but it's, it's been great. And so it's nice for Denny Right. Too, because there's a core group of guys that goes that happen to be campers or counselors when Denny was in his prime at Ojibwa. So these are like the last guys on earth that still think Denny's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. So that he's enjoying so he, that. He aspect feels of it like too. he's a mob boss that sure. weekend. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. So they come up, they get the introductions, uh, first night dinner, and then are there games the first day? The well, first you, night? you've skipped over a couple. I of would things. like to oh, say sorry. something Go going from, and you might have to bring this back yeah. though. I would like to say though that the being from the softball to the basketball and being a captain now, I didn't realize, you know, there is some. Not only is there work in it, but there's a lot of talk going on. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of double. We went to Bats Place. We had eight people on a double line one time. It was uh, to the Panda Bar. We had eight people on there. I'm talking to Lansky nonstop. I'm talking to Darren. We're, you know, things are are it's happening that I've never even, you know, witnessed. And you are. It's that bonding again where you're not only talking trade, but you are getting fired up for camp, and you are 
talking to people. And it's just a really, it's awesome. I mean, sometimes you're, you get five minutes before dinner. You're you're calling somebody. Who do you like in this? I mean, we basically know the whole draft right now from, it's the, actually from the first three rounds. Goody, that's a great point yeah. that we kind of skimmed over in the preparation part. One thing, one other thing that Darren did um, in picking the basketball captains. It's excruciating exercise actually for Darren to figure out who the nine captains are going to be because you need to pick guys who will be leaders, who are also good and roughly equivalent basketball players sure. of roughly the same age and skill level. And um, that's a really hard thing to do. And then once those captains are picked, and some of them are convinced to be captains, um, and Darren spent a lot, a fair amount of time convincing guys to, that they wanted to be captains. Um, and then once those captains are picked, as Goody said, there's a lot of you know discussion about trades mm. before we get up to camp. So there's a lot of... Um, you you can trade picks, um, you know, uh, multiple picks, uh, single picks, and while all that's going on, um, Stu is putting together mock drafts that he sends out every you know I don't know as we get closer they become you see more of them. Sure, we're on nine point right it, it is it is a phenomenal thing what Stu puts together. He and you know what he's got his son involved now and my son's involved where they hear like Stephen A. Smith where they get the chatter and they bring it to Mel Kiper. There's I mean, a it's scouting like, report. It's so crazy. It's like Stu actually controls he, the entire basketball division and who gets picked where. It, it's amazing. <laughs> and he hears chatter and he puts out a new nine point or ten point I mean he's in touch with with all the captains and he and he it seems like he doesn't really which i i'm hoping that you know i talk to Stu about it i'm not thinking he's going to go back to lansky and tell him i think it's you know the trust in that way well i'm not sure of that can we well, can we and can we get that on on, on film <laughs> there is Rather actually not, a you lot do, people are knowing what's going on there is, is it the mock drafts are a major thing so from like april 1st to june 1st I don't really get a lot of work done either. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I pretty much know everyone playing, and if I don't, I go to great lengths to get scouting reports. So then all the captains call me. They all give me information. There's tons of politicking. You get guys that call me up. Not going to mention any names. People sitting here at this table who say, can, can you put this guy further down so that people don't think he's that good? Well, that wasn't me, so. <laughs> well, and the other interesting thing is many of those mocks were put together, and Stu was playing in, sure. he was putting himself in the mock. Or, or, or he's not playing. Or that, he was a captain, was a captain manipulating <laughs> everyone else. Right. No conflict of interest anywhere no. involved. Uh, I went to a bunch of Final Fours. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually been really fun, just to say, coming from you know, coming from the softball where there wasn't, we were looked down upon a little. Not as the you know, softball will never be that one. And sure. It's okay. But there's only it's like okay. three teams, right? With softball, there's two only teams. Two, two teams. So it's, yeah, I mean, you guys coming are playing, from but that, you yeah. don't have all those machinations. To, to make okay, to on. make softball better, though, in my opinion. What we did was we had the opening game Thursday night under the lights. Awesome. So they kind of were the first people to play like in front of everyone. Absolutely. And, and yeah. It's cool. It's a really cool environment yes. out yeah. there. Every and single guy on the trip is out there watching, whereas yeah. during the other course of the weekend, people are playing golf or here and there, And but that first night, all 100-plus guys are out there on the far field watching this game. That's awesome. So, and to get back to the schedule, which is after those introductions, we come to the mess hall, we have an awesome dinner, 
and then we have uh, first picks. The captains make their first picks in front of everybody in the mess hall, which is a little reminiscent of the old Collegiate Week days. Actually, they still do first picks, don't they, in front of everybody? Mm-hmm. They still yep. do first yeah. picks, but back when, like, back when I was a counselor, we used to do the first picks in the mess hall. Right. So they do the first picks. Then the captains and the first picks went up to, go up to the lodge um, where we have the rest of the draft. We have a real draft, um, and usually I would run the draft. Um, and and Goody actually is I, I my was in there. It was Goody great is time the timekeeper. Keeper. Nice. Uh, so I, I've, been in, I've been in that war room. You have a you know a certain <laughs> amount of time on the clock for each pick. It's very yeah. Um, there's a there's a lot of uh, commentary that goes on during the draft. Oh, you're like oh no, like a lot of like <laughs> you don't want to make the wrong, yeah, the wrong pick. Oh, right. It's very similar to collegiate. Sure. <laughs> sure. So when does that take place after dinner? So that's or right after dinner. Um, and while that's happening, the guys uh, leave the mess hall and are just kind of hanging out on the campus and, and doing, you know, hanging out, waiting for um, the next part of the, the trip, which is in the rec hall, where we all meet in the rec hall. Um, we start with a national anthem, um, and then we announce the team. Oh, I, I, I bypassed one thing. The softball teams are also picked. Um, before all of that happens, and usually actually before everybody gets up there, the softball teams are picked. Um, the two softball captains meet in the lodge um, mm. with whoever is running the trip. I used to do it. I don't. I guess uh, Wall Wright will do it. Yeah. We'll do it now. Um, and those softball teams are picked like a draft. Right on. Um, and and then so fast forwarding back, we're now on the rec hall. All the teams are announced: the basketball teams, the softball teams, and now the golf teams. Um, and so they're all announced. Everybody gets their jerseys. And then we go out to the far field to watch the first softball game. Nice. Um, nice. And that's that's pretty much the, the first so that's, night. So that's right. from 5 o'clock till 10 o'clock. It's a lot of things to pack in, um, but it's it's an, just a great way to start the trip. Nice. So then you get up the next day. All day Friday is just games. It's just well, there is, Basically, there is, kind of, it's not like everyone goes to bed at 10 Well, hours. let's get, let's, let's hold on that for a second. Let's talk about the, the official structure and then let's yes. talk about the unofficial structure. But Fair the enough. official structure, so the, the next, game. Yeah. next day is primarily scheduled games. Are there any other notable events that happen on the second day other than just continued games? It, no. It's That's just, where the bulk of the games, games are played, and right? it's also the one uh, event where dinner is off campus, so everyone kind of takes a little break from the trip, goes mm-hmm. to Various restaurants, has a few drinks. Like, it's a nice little break from the craziness. And we'd like to take this moment right now to reach out to the White Stag. Thank you for fucking everyone last year. <laughs> <laughs> Assholes. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> it needed to be said. So we get to Saturday. There's still games going on. But by that, by midday Saturday, everyone kind of knows what the... Uh, the brackets are closing up at that point, right? We're getting toward the championship games. You're... you're you kind of have an idea who's going to the Final Four. There may be one or two teams with five and three records that are battling for that last spot. And it's just all about the Final Four. And for the guys that aren't in basketball, they're actually probably lining up their seats at the trail courts to get a good seat for the championship. Sure. Well, I know at uh, lunch last year on that day, I tried to get uh, 90 seconds with you on the mic, and you were set. You said, Chris, look, I love you. I'll do anything for you, but I'm in contention right now. I cannot talk to you. <laughs> That is true. You were in the zone. You were locked in. And uh, we'll get to that game, obviously, later, too. But So then by dinner, are the last games after dinner or before dinner? Before, before dinner. Okay. Yeah, and so the final, we have the final four. 
uh, and then we have the, the finals. And the finals ends right before dinner, hopefully. If it's all timed out right, it ends right before dinner. Nice. We, um, yeah, the, the Saturday night dinner, we've Darren, we turned it into like a banquet night. It's a really nice meal. We give out all the awards. Everyone's unofficially required to stay right. through dinner. It is amazing, the structure of, like, duplication. Like, you could take this to a different camp, and, I mean, you can't, kind of can't, but I'm saying how it just all worked out and what they have, and it's just laid out perfectly. Yeah. Like a perfect trip of, you know, you get enough hang time, you get your basketball, you get, you know, the but that's, banquets. that's, that's where that's, Billy was the key I know. to keep everyone on the itinerary the whole time. You, you, you were unbelievable. I mean, Thank you really you. were. I mean, you were in charge. When that came, when when... When Darren was done with all that shit in, in the back, you know, and that he brought up to camp, when you took over that and he handed it to you, it was it was awesome. You had amazing leadership going on during that time. Thanks, I mean, really, you did appreciate yes. that. Yeah, I, I will say that the most stressful part for me, there were two very stressful parts. One was watching the weather and deciding whether we were going to play indoors or outdoors. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because undefeated in his calls, by the way. Never made the wrong call. Uh, because, you know, the I'm weather like the can... I'm the new guy. He had six <laughs> Doppler thing right apps going on. It's a lot of one pressure. Year, you can't year. play half well, in and half out. That's not fair. Come in on. the first yeah. few years, there was no Doppler and there was no, you know, I was just kind of going by my feel and, you know, my history at camp and kind of watching the weather approach the lake and, and come across the lake and determining whether we would have enough time to make it before the rain hit. Um, so that was always stressful for me because you never, it, it's supposed to be an outdoor tournament. That's what it is. And we try to keep it on campgrounds to the extent that we could. We always had the backup in place. We had the Eagle River Junior High Gym for a few years. And the last couple of years, we've been in three lakes. We've right. had their high school gym. Um, which have both been great facilities when we needed them, but again, you try to keep it at camp. So that was always very stressful to me. And then the other second part that was very stressful was the tiebreakers, um, because as Darren said, there would be a few five and three teams battling it out to to get the final spot. And in the end, there could have been three or five five and three teams who were all vying for one spot and determining which team would make it based on the tiebreakers, which would be pre-announced to all the captains before mm -hmm. we even started the, the competition. Um, and everybody is kind of huddled around you looking for you to do the math quickly to see who's going to make it and am I in? What do I need to do to get in? Who do I need to beat? Who needs to win? Who needs to lose? Yeah. That was always very stressful, but fun. Nice. Yeah. So we get to the banquet dinner. You mentioned the awards. So what awards are given out that are part of BPS? Obviously, there's the winning of, of each individual league. Well, I might miss some. There's, there's the, the softball MVP, softball gold glove. Uh, there's the basketball MVP. There's now the Diznitskin Court Supervisor Award, or it could be an umpire or any mm. kind of official. There's the hustle and heart, 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 and heart and Hustle Award. Goes to the guy who shows Heart and Hustle. Golf. You say that? There's the most outstanding golfer award. Are we, are we do, is there a tennis and, award this year? And the shorty. And then, then, then the it's last. Not my trip. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll check in with the new regime. Yeah. And then the last award given is the Schwartzy Award. And I don't know who the original crew was that decided, but now it's all the past Schwartzy Award winners. Gotcha. And what is what would you say are the criteria for that award? 
to someone who doesn't know? Just whoever's like the best guy on the trip that like makes everyone feel good. That's there not for themselves, but to make the trip great for everyone else. Nice. Um, also good behavior. Like I've eliminated myself uh, nine straight years. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Before actually even getting there, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so during the competition, you also have to be a gentleman and, and a lot of people aren't as it gets, gets it can gets nasty out there. It, it certainly can. And it, it is amazing, <laughs> though. It, when Darren gives his stand-up speech and say, please, no fighting or no arguing. <laughs> and then you see him chucking a ball at someone's head. Or, so those are the awards. Those are those are a big part of it. And uh, and then it's wrapped up. And so some guys stick, stay through Saturday night. Some guys take off then. And but either way, by midday Sunday, everyone's gone and, and the weekend is over. Oh, yeah. Now we've talked about this, as I said, the structured ideas. Uh, what are some of the other events that take place in the non-structured periods of the BPS weekend? Well, it's almost structured at this point. There is a, ca- <laughs> there is a casino that opens up. It becomes Vegas after hours there. Excellent. There's, there's a major gambling element. There's craziness with drinking. And just, uh, it's a huge part. You know, no one's drinking and driving. Everyone's right. safe. So it's a safe, everyone lets loose and yeah. really goes crazy up there. It's, it's a wild, wild scene after hours there. Absolutely. You got Moss and Murphy teaching drinking. That was one of the greatest highlights of after hour parties that For was sure. going on in Cabin 9 with mm-hmm. Murphy had one bottle from the, it was like a boxing match almost with with alcohol like murphy was like right where Stu is and and boss was right here and and everyone would cheer on murphy and he'd swig a drink all the way down and he'd be done and then moss would swig it down and it was just it was crazy what's amazing about the the nightlife there and i've had a unique privilege of sort of tailing darren around all these years is that there are just it's like different parties in every cabin mm like different different generations and every now and then you'll see the 55 year old guy jump in with the 25 year old guys and hang out and it's really cool the bailiff <laughs> the bailiff and you can you hang out and maybe you have a drink with this group and then you walk to the cabin next door and there's a whole different group yeah or you go in the mess hall and there's you know the, the gambling guys or whatever it's just it's very cool that element of it because everyone no one's upset with each other everyone's having a great time people are connecting with people they haven't seen in years and, you know, at least for me cause, and Darren, because we bounce around, is we really get to get some time with everyone, which is really cool. It's important to note as a lawyer, I will say that none of the gambling or drinking is sponsored by Camp Ojibwa. Certainly. And the house, <laughs> Thank does, you. The house does not take a rake either. So right. the gambling is perfectly fine. Maybe we yeah. should. <laughs> it just seems like like the 10 most... Out of control degenerates from the North Shore all end the seam up at all end up at this table in the mess hall every year, and it's must see TV. Sure. And, and then you have motion passed out listening to Annie, watching Annie at nine o'clock. Yeah, there's, always, the only guy. there's always that one cabin where everyone is just sleeping. Lights out. It's like being cabin one. I, cabin I think it's cabin five. And I look forward to hopefully driving a uh, at least one van out to the club this year and trying to, uh, I've got a bet to pay off. So whether that happens at BPS or during camp, uh, Stu, I owe you one. You do. So. You do indeed. I have not forgotten. Um, let's talk about some great moments, truly memorable moments, good or bad. At the BPS. I'm going to start it off with last year, there was a little bit of an argument about 
a play during a basketball game late in the night. Late in the night, it got a little heated and continued to be a little heated. But in the Ojibwe way, it's done. It's cleared up. <laughs> in, the, in the Darren J. Anister way, maybe it's not so cleared up and done. You but. have the finest moment of your entire athletic career <laughs> taken away from you. It never really goes away. Let me set the stage a little bit for this. Um, Darren has obviously never won the event. Um, he Why was is that obvious? Yeah, is that well, because because <laughs> <laughs> the, there's no uh, he hasn't won. It's, I'm it's uh, for unknown reasons. Let's say that we don't know why he's never won, but he hasn't won. Sure. That last year he was his team was rolling. Uh, they were made. They had made it to the final four, and um, they were down in the game. And Darren hit three consecutive three pointers. Two consecutive, but two thank consecutive you. three in the game. How humble in, of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to bring his team back. Um, and then um, Ponch was uh, being guarded by Darren very tightly, and but very um, legally, and and it was very good, solid defense. Ponch drove to the basket, lost his balance. Darren actually tried to keep Ponch from falling, which is, you know, a, quite a feat to try to. <laughs> sure. I don't know why he tried to do that, but Darren is. That's how he plays. Right. Ponch has got a couple of pounds on him. Ponch has a couple sure. of pounds. For those of you who haven't seen Ponch, yeah. um, so Ponch is on his way down. Darren goes to try to actually grab him. When you watch it in slow motion, you see Darren. And by the and thanks to Simon for the unbelievable video effort. <laughs> um, Darren tries to grab him from going down. Ponch thinks that he is being pushed down to the ground by Darren. Um, he gets up. He pushes Darren uh, into the uh, stands. This was in the gym. Um, and so he pushed Darren uh, like almost into the stands. It was a very, very hard two-handed shove to the chest. Um, and that's when, you know, sparks kind of flew. Tremendous detail. <laughs> Hayden jumped in and... Caught a loose bow in the nose, had a bloody nose. Purely accidental. Sure. But that's what a good but, new leader does. He jumps in and takes the shot in the nose. That's when he became the commissioner. There you go. Right, and I do give that's him credit for that. Yeah. You know, you know. But but that illustrates that, you know, it is that's the environment. I mean, the competition level is going to be there, and it's going to be fun, and it might get tough. It's a very intense competition. And so to finish the story out, Darren was riding a high. He had just hit those two three-pointers. He had brought his team back. They were in the, the semifinals. The score was 11-10 at the time when I, hit the, and, when I hit the second three. And they were looking very good, like they had a very good shot at going on to the finals and maybe even winning it. Um, after the, the fight occurred, uh, Darren's team ended up losing. Um, and Darren, uh, you know, I definitely say it took him out of his game. Sure. Um, totally rattled me. And uh, and that's and that's what happened. And there were I to to I will say too in defense of Ponch that after it happened he did try to apologize on the court. It didn't happen maybe the way it should have happened. Um, and and Darren took offense when that happened to to Ponch trying to resolve it right on the court when it happened. It was sure. just too soon. Um, and Darren wasn't prepared to, to deal with it, and probably rightfully so. Um, and so it didn't get resolved until much later after that. The, 
Whatever, but the, <laughs> the apology attempts are a little bit exaggerated from the punch end. It was more we were walking in a line where the teams were walking in line next to each other. It's not like he sought me out to apologize to me. Sure. Again, we're fine now. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I bring this up because, uh, you know, last year this was all the buzz, but I can't imagine this is the only moment so memorable. That has happened on the BPS court. So I wanted to sort of stoke your fires a little bit to talk about some of the other super memorable moments that have happened in competition. Maybe we should talk about Doug Baum and, yeah. and, yeah. Pete, and Pete, Pete Weiss. That was really yeah. Pete Weiss and Doug Baum had a, a, sh- uh, a shoulder, a hard shoulder that no- Pete knocked Doug to the ground because he thought Doug was playing cheaply. So Pete took him out, and uh, it was an ugly scene. Both of them were in the wrong, truthfully. Billy and I had a intervention with Doug Baum about his behavior and afterwards and really almost made him cry. But um, that that was memorable. And to Pete's credit, he realized that he didn't have the right temperament to keep playing in the basketball of that style of game, and he moved to golf after that. Mm-hmm. But what you're asking for, there, I don't want it to be about that for the podcast because there are great basketball positive. moments that yeah. have happened. To me, the best basketball moment yeah. that happened was um, the sec- the third trip when a 48-year-old guy, Steve Rudman, hit three straight threes to start the championship game, swishing them all, and the crowd went crazy. Like, there have been some incredible things that have happened like that. Right. Let's, let's, think, let, yeah, uh, let's turn it toward the positive. Let's talk the about some of the great shoe, positive moments. Uh, shoe. shoe becoming, <laughs> uh, you know, the fan favorite. Right. Uh, Everyone loves the fan favorite, you know. When a when a you know when a fifth round pick or whatever hits a couple jumpers, everyone's all over Especially that. I think it's championship. Game. Paul Chernowski hit two three pointers in the championship, and he had been a last round pick that year, and the wow. crowd went crazy for him. I think, um, I think Bailiff hit a Bailiff. Bailiff. Everyone loves Bailiff when he hits a jumper or something like that. He'll get a big. Uh, you know, everyone goes crazy. Bailiff, your presence is missed. Did um, Bailiff win the three-point contest? Wasn't he the like second year. second place or he second, second, second to place Cappy. to Cappy in the um, three-point when contest? When Ed Murphy went on his scoring binge in his championship, it was a really cool moment. I thought, especially because he had hit, he was like one of my big recruits, this pickup Hall of Famer. And the first two years, his teams didn't do well. Maybe it was his captain. And me and and uh, then this year he goes to a new team and uh, really proved himself and was just incredible in the championship and he hit he had like 15 points in the game and hit threes all outdoors and he was 53 years old nice. it was incredible I agree I think Murphy to be 55 years old and the drinking yeah. that he does he can barely talk the night before I mean literally it is literally amazing to watch him play basketball at 55 he's i mean the, he's, he's literally the like first a guy there in the morning he's like morning up, he's, 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 he's so good at 55 that's crazy i'm like looking to be able to walk at 55 sure let alone you know play uh, i have another i think amazing story is uh scott eisenberg uh you know uh, riding his bike absolutely. Uh, on the sabbath um when we had to play in the in the three lakes uh, gym because of because of the rain, right? Um, and Stu, I think you rode with him, didn't you? Well, he did it. Scott did the it first two, year, two Scott years. Scott did in it a row. two years in a row. The first right. year he did it, he, he went their back. team won the championship. And his team won the championship. So we we realized we were going to have to play indoors. So everybody was going to drive to Three Lakes. Scott, because of his religion, can't take a car. 
Um, and so he rode a bike in the rain from camp to Three Lakes. Six miles. Amazing. Uh, seven. seven miles, seven I miles. think, in the rain. Um, got there and then played tremendous. Like the, yeah. he, he won the, the Heart and Hustle Award that year. Yeah. He did it again last year. And then he did it again last year. That should That's be an automatic amazing. heart and hustle one. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I will tell you, I, I made that ride with him last year, and, it, and it's, I don't know why I didn't really think about it. It is up and down hills. It's yeah. not like a flat run. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a pretty yeah. incredible What are some other maybe agree. non-athletic memorable moments? I mean, obviously, like the showing of, of Darren's retirement video. Yeah, selfishly, that was nice. Sure. <laughs> Some people liked that one. Some guys took shots at me in that video that I would have liked to have known before the draft. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a lot of anger flowing during that. Sure. <laughs> Just that one time, though. The rest of the time, it's been fun. To me, of non-athletic moments, the for me, the moment that I was most proud of was, I think it was the third trip, Brian Schwartz's dad finally was ready to come and it was the one year he came it was too hard for him to come back but sure. he came and he gave out the Schwartzy award to Bobby Shulman who was one of Brian's oldest friends and a crowd favorite and Bobby ran out of the mess hall crying after he got the award there wasn't a dry eye in there so that nice. would be the moment that I would I would be most proud of that was just great I mean nothing could top that moment there's a lot of other non-athletic things that go on there um you have uh Dr. Ubich, um, writing The Medicine Man um, every day, and, you know, which kind is of great, which is great yeah. reporting. Really is. Um, you have guys in Cabin One who are adding columns to, to that, uh, to The Medicine Man as well. Uh, the League of the People, we had one year, um, you know, they were trying to, <laughs> <laughs> take, over trying to ha- take over the trip, which was an interesting uh, There was event. always an underground mutiny going on <laughs> against me, which once, I enjoyed. Once led by Darren's brother, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, so there was a lot of, of other non-athletic things right. going on. I mean, you got guys going in the cat after, like, a Catfish Lake's a huge hangout for a lot of the guys, especially the older guys. They go yeah. there and cool off after. It's like an ice session. bath. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's a little chilly which, in early June. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we, we've had, you know, chiropractor play uh, in the league as well. We had Doc Robb, um, who plays well, and guys get hurt. And so these guys stop what they're doing and, you know, in the middle of games and are treating guys who got hurt. Um, and so that's... <laughs> appreciated too that kind yeah, of stuff. One, sure. one thing we hadn't talked about is every now and then we get a guy who's coming from out of town who no one's seen <laughs> like Helena. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And we and Darren will put these guys through their own personal tryout when they get there. Right. <laughs> it's usually I wouldn't very let comical. them in the basketball unless I knew right. in advance that they were playing and they were yeah. could we're, fit in. So I would sure have them try out when they got to camp in front with the cameras rolling to make them nice and nervous and (laughs) (laughs) the the hell in the trout is one of the all-time funniest things i've ever seen going back to the uh oh adding new things and i mean to have a combine before the the draft like for all these new guys for all the captains to see and Stu put it during graduation, so some guys couldn't actually see the, the priorities. Uh, sure, listen, I, you wouldn't have necessarily <laughs> no, needed to do that I mean, I'm just under kidding. the old regime, I, where it was, you know, more of our crew plan. No, <laughs> no, but I think I think that's that's a cool. I, I think that's cool to do that, and just the new things that they add, and the more intense and the better, you know, it's just it's very yeah. cool to be a part of. And one, then, uh, let me add one more thing too, which is we've had. 
we've had several meetings about the food mm. um, where we've had, uh, you know, meetings with Denny to figure out what we wanted to have <laughs> in terms <laughs> of the food. Um, and uh, two, was it two years ago that Pete met with him or was it yeah. last year? Two years ago? That was Two fun. years ago, we had a meeting where Pete Weiss had, had some ideas about the, the kind of food that we, were, we should have. And uh, we sat in this very room with Denny where we uh, had some discussions and debates over what kind of food. But the, the end result was we have unbelievable meals up there. Right. I mean, yes. unbelievable. But that, that meeting was extra funny because leading up to that meeting, Pete's like, I got this. <laughs> right. I'm going to tell him what he needs to do. I own the restaurant. I didn't I go to this. camp here. I'm not like all you yeah, afraid not, of him. Right. I'm, I'm not, not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him. <laughs> and we get in here. And Denny starts talking, and not a word goes out. Jesus sitting there nodding. Okay. What are okay. we saying? That's funny. Denny's like, are we, are we done? We're done. Well, boys, I will tell you that uh, this is going to drop on Wednesday before the trip for anyone who's listening. So the idea is kind of get people a little fired up. On Monday will be Hayden's episode. So he and I have already recorded our interview for the Camp History Project. So you get a little bit of Hayden there. Hayden was supposed to join us today. Um, just, just more of the same, Chris. I don't, I don't see anyone. No one's knocked on the door. So he he had a chance to rebut all of the things that have been said about him. But let, let the record reflect. It is 4.30 p.m. We were supposed to be here at 3. That's correct. He did ask for a pushback of his, uh, on his own, which we granted. But that was still said to be 4 o'clock. So he's had his chance. So uh, would, any last words? on the BPS experience and what the guys coming up for 2016 should expect. Well, I just would like to say, I thought I heard you ask me, uh, you know, if I'm okay with the fact that I've never won it. <laughs> and, and the truth is, and I, you know, I could get choked up right now, but I'm not an emotional person is that I feel like I already have one because for the last two months, all I've listened to and talked about is the Ojibwa trip and the draft and all this stuff that goes into it. So winning the actual basketball tournament, I, I feel like I've already won the tournament times a thousand. I, I think the last question to be asked this thing, and will Darren be taking over and for BPS 10? Will he give us anything? <coughs> Sources have said... That that's a possibility, that there could be a There's been a rumblings for, for a while. Rumblings. Confirmation oh, yeah. on that. Like when he retired from post camp and then now is back strong. Yeah. Actually, I'm not coming. Son day. of a oh. bitch! What are we talking about? It's horse shit! We have to take out the college, same weekend. Plus, he can go on his own. It's college. Wax. First kid, who cares? Priorities. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. <laughs> You should go to a different college. With a different no, I believe in the retirement and the Brett Farbon retirement. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So my feeling on me taking it back over is, first of all, Todd has done nothing to not deserve to keep running it. So, and the numbers are good. Camp is making a lot of money off it. There are a lot of it's reconnecting with a lot of Ojibwe people. It's accomplishing all those things. If I was to take it back, the one thing that stands out to me is that the trip to me, is still in honor of Brian Schwartz. And one thing that's been lost with the turnover is that a lot of Brian's guys don't go on the trip anymore. It's mm. turned over, which is good for camp and everyone else, but for the Schwartzy element, for the 10-year anniversary, it would be nice to have all those people back. Sure. And I don't think they would necessarily come back unless I was the guy... Putting the pressure on. <laughs> <laughs> running it. <laughs> well put. So... 
if it happens, great, and I would do it. One-year contract only, like Billy Crystal at the Academy Awards. Sure. <laughs> but if it doesn't happen, I will be there either way, and I will have a great time either way. And it's not that important to me to hurt Todd in any way because he has done a great job, and he's worked really hard at it and Absolutely. dealt with a lot of BS. We hope he respects the why you would take it back, right. not because you did a not because he's done a bad job, but the fact that you can round up more of a It would just be to bring back that. our generation. Right. It's no reflection on him at all. It's right. really just yeah. about the anniversary and about bringing things but, back together. But it is funny when, when something goes wrong and you go, <laughs> hostile takeover in BPS. <laughs> BPS 7 was, was my last one, and out of the 12 cabinets on the campus, um, nine of them were older guys and three of them were young guys. Now, out of the 12 cabins on the main campus, 10 of them are younger guys and two of them are older guys. So the, the dynamic is totally flipped of, of, sure. of the demographics. And that is fine, but again, I'm Susan. willing to bring back my people. I, I also want to reiterate that I think Hayden has done an excellent job. For all the shit we've thrown at him in this podcast and for, you know, even... He's not wasn't here to defend himself, um, which was nice. But um, I, I, I think I do want to say I think he he did do a great job last year, um, and kudos also goes to Josh Wilreich, who we really I think we said his name once in this podcast. Um, I know how hard a job it is to to run the event when you're up there, and and it was almost seamless last year with Josh running it. I mm. I mean I I only I probably noticed a couple of things, but. The, the masses didn't probably notice any difference whatsoever of how the trip was run. It, it went off to perfection, and that's a credit to Josh and to Todd. And I would honestly, as Darren said, I would have, I would have no problem if, if those two guys continue to run the trip from here on out. They did a great job. It's going to keep going the way it is. He's done an unbelievable job with recruitment, and I would be totally fine with that as well. Nice. Now, However, if I was offered a one-year contract, <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would probably sign on for that. Nice. Um, it's the greatest weekend in the history of weekends, and that's what anybody listening to this um, who's been up there knows, and if you haven't been up there um, and you're going to go up, you're about to experience the greatest weekend of your life. All right. Well, I think that says it all. Gentlemen, thank you all so much for your time. This has been Thanks, awesome. Chris. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Chris. Okay, that is it. Another one in the books, BPS Roundtable. As you can tell, we had a great time. I cannot tell you how much of that episode I had to cut out. Inappropriate. But nonetheless, we had an amazing time. Not nearly as amazing as the time these guys are going to have here this weekend. I'm looking forward to being here, being a part of it, uh, watching all the shenanigans go down, watching the, the good competitive sports and the nighttime insanity. As always, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you know how. Drop me an email, Christopher at CampOjibwahistory.org, or stop by the website, www.CampOjibwahistory.org. Check out what's going on over there. It is a frightfully cold day here on the shores of Catfish Lake. Tonight's low, 36 degrees. It's June, 36 degrees. <sighs> Oh, well, 
still not cold enough to keep me from going out to the TP's to have a cigar. 